Welcome to Critics on a Bus, your favorite film review podcast, with me, your host, Cameron. Hope you enjoy this episode. Before we get stuck into this episode of Black Widow, I just want to take a few moments to talk about um, how Critics on a Bus is changing. You might have noticed our new logos, um, our new intro, um, and that's because Paul is no longer with us as a co-host on every episode. He is still around, but he will be joining a multiple different guests as guest critics, bus passengers, if you will, um, reviewing the latest films, debating which movie is better, going through movie wars, and talking about TV shows and other great things. So look out for new opportunities, new hosts, and maybe if you want, get in touch and we can get you on the on the podcast yourself. So with that, let's get to the episode and listen to our Black Widow review. Welcome everyone to a new episode of Critics on a Bus. I am very excited to announce that we have returning to the hot seat is my good friend Dan. Say hello, Dan. Hello, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Classic joke. I love it. I love it. You last did an episode for us on Project Power, I believe, a Netflix movie. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you've loved it so much. You, you had to come back. And today we are talking about Black Widow, the latest MCU movie. Yeah, are you excited? Very much so. I feel like this is a slightly higher tier film than the one that we reviewed last time. So I'm very much looking forward to actually talking about an MCU film. Yes, one of the, one of the bigs. And I mean, it's, it's because you pass the fine class in your, on your Project Power review. So you pass the test. So well done. So yes, Black Widow. Let's let's get right into it. We're going to start off, of course, with spoiler free. Just some plot points and everything. So Black Widow is a standalone story set within the MCU in between Civil War and Infinity, I do believe. And it tells the story of um, what Black Widow does in between those two movies, what she does on the run. um, She meets some characters from her past and um, addresses some um, scary details from her past. And I think you see a, a more interesting side of Black Widow as well from, from her past in general. Yeah, it's it's an interesting story. I think it's quite, it does have an emotional heart. I don't know if you can, you can disagree or agree with this, Dan. Yeah, no, I definitely, <laughs> I, th- I think everything you were saying there is absolutely right in terms of the generic kind of stopgap between Civil War and Infinity War. It's just a spy action thriller. They try to go down the vein of Winter Soldier, the, the, the kind of this Captain America sequels. It kind of very fits it fits into that kind of phase three. Is it phase three? Yeah, phase three of the MCU. And it's very much a, very much more of a character driven story, despite the fact that there is the intensity in the action. But yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. So we meet we meet Black Widow on the run um she gets embroiled in a much wider scheme with the fabled red room mm-hmm. um her kind of um upbringing we see a little bit more about her we meet her um estranged family of sorts i won't go into too much details but we meet her estranged family uh and they go on a very very mcu style adventure um taking on the bad guy injecting a little bit of humor in there like has become now the staple of an mcu those witty witty remarks and yeah giving giving black widow her finally her time to sign yeah finally after so long long. and this movie was delayed massively because of covid and it should have come out over a year ago i think yeah over a year ago now yeah so it's been it's been a huge delay so yeah with that 
what did the critics what did the the other critics outside of your favorite podcast critics and bus think about black widow well it, it's it's a really interesting one actually because it, it's it's neither effusively positive or or ridiculously negative it's it's sitting very much in the middle very mid tier so ign gave it a seven out of ten good comparatively but they they said the loki series finale was like outstanding in comparison so you can see it's quite muted response from them really even though it's good rotten tomatoes is sitting satisfied fresh 81 percent. that's pretty healthy the audience score at the moment is slightly higher with 92 percent um i don't think that's that's a surprise as well i think many people are just excited to be back in the cinema and actually seeing <laughs> an mcu film metacritic is 67 with a user score of 6.5 so definitely slightly more muted there generally i think the trend seems to be favorable but just didn't have the impact that some of our your gold level your top tier mcu do have some interesting um stuff out there and uh, maybe i'm going to prove controversial in this recording who knows um <laughs> i hope not we, oh, i think you will we me and you just just to pre- preface this we've not discussed it not really a very not brief really. kind of yeah. like oh i went to see it what did you think not really yeah. detailed so I don't generally really know your thoughts. I don't think you really know mine either. So it's going to be very interesting to see what we get into in yeah. the in the meat of the movie. So <clears throat> let's go. So from now on, it's there is spoilers. You've got about you've had about five minutes spoiler free, um, but from now on, um, let's discuss the movie in general. So Dan, talk to me about the plot. What did you think about the whole plot, the story of Black Widow? I tried to distance myself. Well, first of all, I tried to distance myself from the trailers. So I knew that it was going to have something to do with her estranged family. I knew that the Red Room would be picked up in some capacity. And I, I knew that Florence uh, Pugh was be, uh, was going to play uh, somebody close to her, as it turns out, her sister. Um, I thought the plot was engaging um, in terms of I, I've always wanted to know what the Red Room is about. Um, I've always wanted to kind of unpack that a little bit more. I, th- I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of story potential in the kind of the the trauma that um, Black Widow has clearly gone through. And you see that in Avengers when Loki references like her, her ledger being dripping in red. And you start to sort of see where that has a basis from. So I enjoyed the plot. I felt like it was I felt it was fairly pacey, actually. Uh, it was quite a. Was it? It was really. It felt relatively short for a Marvel film, but I think that was a good thing. I think it was a good thing. I don't think it needed to be any longer. You may disagree, but yeah, no. Um, in in terms of your gen, it it does follow a generic bad guy has to be stopped. Protagonist discovers more about themselves and uh, um and you know your various flashbacks and things like that. There's there's nothing in there that is genre defining or, or very different to what we've seen in the mcu at the moment it feels very safe solid mcu as you said with the quips and things like that the humor and the darker tone it is balanced quite well i don't know what do you think i agree first of all i think i mean i think the the red room was the only plot they could go down with for black widow it's her it's her origin it's her background i like that they didn't like go all the way back to her defecting and mm. they just focused on her dealing with it though i think I think it was a bit of a wasted potential. They didn't really show much of the Red Room. Mm. And I guess the trade-off was they they wanted to establish 
an emotional core to the movie. So that was her with her family, her her KGB Red Room style family that was fake and all about missions and stuff. And they wanted to establish that as like the the meat of the of the movie, really giving her a second family for some reason, you know, mm-hmm. even though she has the Avengers. So giving her something outside of that. And the Red Room felt a little, you've got to deal with it. So we did. And Buda- Budapest, as she likes to call it. Um, <laughs> Love it. it. It was, I don't think it had the impact I wanted it to. They speak of Budapest in hushed tones in the MCU. Like it was like the single most horrific event bar the snap that's ever happened in the world. And it was just a bomb. <laughs> and I mean, it, it it was, yeah, and I agree. I, I feel like I'd have liked to have actually seen that. It, uh, it would have been actually would have been nice to have a bit of a cameo from uh, Jeremy Rimmer as, as Hawkeye to kind of because he, he was meant to be there doing it with him. So like the fact that he wasn't mentioned or around or like yeah. visible, like it didn't give give us that sort of. I did think I did that think that actually, and this is this is going to be controversial because I know a lot of people didn't like this from what I've been reading online. But I, it did lead to me for one of the the more surprising things, which was the reveal of who the Taskmaster was, which was yeah, I didn't like that. You didn't like that. I knew you wouldn't. I, I did because it, it felt quite like I, I thought it was going to be Natasha's real mother at, at one point. Because um, so did people, I. To be fair, I oh, genuinely okay. thought that in the film. Because like the mirroring and things like mm. that, I knew I knew very little about a Taskmaster other than the fact that he was in the PS4 games, Spider Man, and all of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I liked that because it it meant that Natasha's deadly like secret kind of killing, um, it, as she believes, uh, the villain's daughter, and actually her getting that redemption when when we find out that she's actually alive and she she was uh, she is Taskmaster, the daughter. I kind of liked that. It had quite a nice emotional resonance in the end do I think more could have been done with it yes absolutely and um, mm-hmm. I think that was the story that they were trying to tell but it was some, it was somewhat a little bit too much in all the other strands that they would wanted to explore but yeah I know you didn't you didn't like that did you no oh, no I think and we'll get on to Taskmaster shortly I think it's one of the biggest letdowns in the film I mean I get why they they did it for the the like <gasps> kind of moment that the gas moment but i don't think it delivered and i think because the plot was i don't know like the taskmaster is a unique and really difficult villain and i think that bringing him into the red room cheapened the story a little bit in my opinion so like the red room is meant to be this really difficult horrifying torturous agent cell where young girls are kidnapped and indoctrinated and abused to become killing machines and i think having taskmaster in there as the villain's daughter who supposedly died there's no explanation as to really i put a chip in the back of her head and she can do all these sort of things I'm like that's that's a bit lazy it was like the taskmaster is meant to be like one of the big arch villains of you know the standard marvel mm. uh hero and and standard avenger and it was it was really wasted because it was tied into the red room and i think that really did just like i much preferred her actually going against the red room yeah rather so do, you think, do you think that they use the like they shouldn't have bothered using the iconography of taskmaster and, and simply just told the story that they want that they wanted to tell rather than using like something that is 
recognizable within the MCU. Yeah, because I think she has the power and pull herself. Black yeah. Widow is strong enough. Scarlett Johansson has made an made incredible inroads with this character from where she began to where she is now. Yeah. And that she has the star power and the the character and the and the MCU in general has enough pull power, yeah, to get to to draw people in. And I think telling a good Red Room revenge story with, I mean, I was there for David Harbour. I love the guy, and um, you know, great, and and he is fantastic in the movie. And and for ScarJo and David in there and Florence Pugh, you know, a real big up and coming actor right now. She was she was the standout, right? We, yeah, we absolutely. Her. Um, but the, the problem is because of when this came out, it did feel like well they're just rebuilding everything. Yeah, and it it felt a little bit like the plot was there in a in a necessary way to introduce the new characters. And that's the issue because this story should have been told during uh, after civil war before uh, infinity war like that's the issue here it feels very retro retroactive i, I was reading some i know i was listening to some, i think it was ign and they said how like even with you know the recent marvel shows like falcon falcon and winter soldier wandavision what they seem to be doing now the mcu is going retroactively going back to characters and going oh hey no these characters that have a fan base actually they have character here's depth and i really feel that it would have added so much more weight to Black Widow's death in Endgame. That is not a unique take. That is something that everybody seems to be saying about this film. But it's so, oh, it's stinging. It's so obvious. They should have done it before. And I don't know why mm. they didn't. I really don't. Yeah. And I think they shot themselves in the foot. And they were worried that they weren't going to, it wasn't going to be good enough. And they threw Taskmaster. And they ruined the character you know they've changed the origin a little bit they've made it the the daughter of the the leader of the i don't even know the guy's name that the, the leader of the red room and that's fine they've given her the abilities of the original character but or well, the character taskmaster is meant to be you know the mimic the copycat the one that's really difficult that takes training and planning to take on because mid fight they're meant to be able to analyze your movements and begin to counter and copy the way you fight in a in a scenario and i don't think that that was utilized and it just took away they they tried then to to focus on black widow on florence and david and then taskmaster and while giving it this emotional core that i don't think a, a potential issue i have this might sound uh really mean but you know we've established in most podcasts i'm quite heartless that <laughs> black widow was seemingly in this film traumatized by the idea that she had to kill the guy's daughter yeah but that doesn't match up with her character at the time if you think about her as the the assassin the killer the person who does what she does for the sake of the good for good i don't think she would have been that affected by the bombing as she because it it was treated almost the same way as iron man's ptsd Mm. right there was like budapest and she's like not budapest when i considering considering she's just affected and she's still getting over her like killer instincts her bad instincts i don't think she would have been that affected and i think it they tried to make her i don't know i've got to make her like super like 
you know emotions she's really affected by this but i think you got hmm i think you can see though that it, it, even if you go right back to the first avengers film with that dialogue that she has with loki you can clearly see that she, she's been traumatized bit by it and she's and what i will say about the film is the kind of the the kind of the clarity of which that it, it it does deal with trauma in the sense that like there's, there's that um really kind of quite amusing but also kind of very darkly comic because it's exactly what happens when when um yelana and uh natasha basically turn around to, to their adoptive father and go well yeah do you want to know what it was to have um genet um genital manipulation um like this is exactly what happened this is the process and they do do it in a very way in a very clever way that it's both comedic but also it's very dark and cutting and i th- I think there's an underlying trauma there that i i think they handled fairly well but i sort of know what you mean like that would have been nice to see if that it really that should have been the kind of the backbone more of the backbone of the movie that kind of that should have to me that should have been the start of the film that incident of, of the girl and really built build that up but i know they wanted to incorporate the family as well but you know i i, I don't know i'm not i i quite liked the way that they dealt with the trauma um i thought i thought the opening credits even though like i said i think it would have been useful if they'd started with the, just the, the bombing and the, this kind of key incident that's really traumatised her. I loved the opening credits of all their kind of very clear kind of human trafficking references and things like that. And oh, I don't yeah, know. That was, that was that was like almost brutal to watch at times. Yes. Especially yeah. because you spend, I thought I thought the opening was particularly strong in this film. Um, when you spend the time seeing them as a family and going through this like crazy action sequence and flying the plane and everything. Oh, yes. Absolutely bonkers. <laughs> But you see, like, you know, you see young Natasha, like, clearly scared about going back to the Red Room. Um, and then like, her breakdown in Cuba when she gets the gun is like, no, you won't take her. She's only she's only six. And that kind of real, like, almost like heartlessness of the agents of themselves. Yeah. And then the whole kind of, yeah, opening credits with, you know, how they were trafficked back to Russia, I imagine. And, you know, people died and all this kind of stuff. That was really like, man. Did you notice that it was a Nirvana cover as well? I don't know what it is with like uh, it was, the. It was an Ev- Ev- Evanescence song. No, it was Nirvana. It was uh, uh, "Smells Like Teen Spirit," I think. Oh, now I, I can I can actually tell you this because I've been listening to it like a billion times <laughs> since. It is "Smells Like Teen Spirit" by Malia J. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was I thought it was Evanescence in my mind for some reason. Yeah, that that whole kind of weird juxtaposition was really. I actually I thought it was really powerful and really yes. kind of like you that I think did some a real good job in building that emotional connection with Scott Natasha Romanoff more than anything else had in the movie I think seeing maybe 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 as a father I'm I'm more um tuned to feeling pain for children but it's you know good that we ha- good you have emotions in that department <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've leveled up and unlocked them and so like I did really feel I was like man that is that's atrocious to see and it's also scary to think that it still happens you know that kind yeah. of behavior and movement still occurs and that i think makes it real like real that's genuinely terrifying more than than anything else in the film you know the abduction and the trafficking of children and and the trauma they go through at the young ages is the real scary thing yeah and i like that they didn't shy away from it they didn't oh, yeah. shy away from from 
the heinous acts and the the raw emotions that they would perceivably experience at that time i thought that was that was good and i think it was nice to have the two sisters as a, as a contrast uh yelena a very dry uh witty whereas natasha is way way more kind of down to uh, no no not down to what am i looking for what's the word i'm looking for again i think that's, i think that's an issue that i, I struggle to actually summarize and uh, uh, natasha's character in one like on one swift way but i would say that she's quite where yolana is more down to uh, kind of uh, kind of more what's the word i'm looking for where she's more witty and dry natasha is a little bit more level-headed a little bit more grounded a little bit more of the kind of responsible adult the older sibling it's really nice to, to see that contrast because you can see that despite the very the similarities that the, the, the horrors the two girls have gone uh, gone gone through they go on very different trajectories and um, what i thought was one of the most powerful scenes very very short scene is when she Ilana turns around and goes i mean you're a killer you just happen to be on you know, all these ma- magazines as an avenger like mm-hmm. but you're not you, you're no different to me and i thought that was very powerful because actually that's very true and it was quite nice that that could be because it's a family because ultimately it's a, it is a family universe yeah. a family ethos they had to tie that up she couldn't be a child murderer could she like she couldn't um and so that they, they did sort that out in the end <laughs> even though she is but yes in in, <laughs> in, in, in as acts. long as we don't say it but or um, show it yes yes i um, suppose so yeah i think yeah i thought it was interesting because they're talking about like you know like you know you're a role model to all these girls but actually nothing about you know you, you're you're a product of patriarchy and and manipulation you're not any, any and and she yolana knows that that's not something that they're not people that they should uh, uh, people should look up to that they're, they're trying to run run from themselves basically which is really nice i think I think in terms of like in comparisons with the the rest of the MCU, I, I mean, the characters are strong, but like you said, there does seem to be a lot of setting up for you know who who's going to be after who who's going to pick up the pieces later, which they need, which which films really need to stop. There's so much world building to the point that it, it just starts to feel overstuffed. Like it's the Avengers Age of Ultron issue. Oh, this this film didn't. It was nowhere near as bad as that film for like pushing loads of things. But you do get a sense that some of these characters were put in the spotlight, and you know, you like, you know, they're going to have a, a a Disney Plus series here or there. <laughs> I mean, it's already been confirmed that um, um, Mum and Dad Widow are returning. Yes. And we know from the post credit scene. I believe there was only one post credit scene as far there as was, I did. Yeah the whole thing that um Florence Pugh is working with um Flor- Contessa um some long name insert <laughs> um, <laughs> who turned up in Falcon with Soldier very quietly uh and no one really knows who she is yet um probably Dark Avengers or whatever is set- setting up for a, a, a Civil War-esque style Marvel Avengers movie the kind of thing. Way, it, yeah. Um, yeah, they're going for uh, Avengers War. Um, but yeah, and so they they did set that up. But I mean, the th- the only difference they have in this world building, whilst the world building was too much, it should have been way focused on the Red Room. I liked the introduction of the family. Yeah, Florence Pugh very clearly is going to become the new Black Widow. Like it's it's painfully obvious. 
She's very talented though. Like she's she's she strikes she fit fitted fit quite well into the MCU's tone, like the the dryness, uh, the the dry mm-hmm. humor, and the kind of the cliche that literally I love the kind of ongoing joke of like the the hero pose landing. I yeah. don't think it's particularly a unique joke, but it was quite it was quite funny because um there there was a lot of like criticism of how Black Widow, um, Scarlett Johansson is bit had been um marketed throughout mm-hmm. her journey on the MCU and there is a very there is a kind of like a look at me kind of accentuate and that's not her fault that is absolutely not her no, fault she was she was heavily sexualized in the first three movies oh she was yeah absolutely uh and you know sexual sexuality in itself isn't a problem but when it when the way that she's viewed is radically different towards her, her male co-stars it's, it's, it's not okay um and and they have it they have started to address that Perhaps a little bit too late because. But at least they're changing. We can't. We can't. I mean, it is late. Yeah, it like is. Like I said, this movie should have been like she should have had a standalone movie ages ago, but we've got to recognise that they are changing. Oh, they definitely are now. They definitely are, and and I I, I think that's a very good thing. I think they're um, the 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 content that they're putting out on Disney Plus as well is is much more kind of diverse and intriguing and in trying to play around with formula wherever. This film perhaps didn't play around with form, formula as much, no, but you know what? You know what? Uh, I enjoyed it. It was a Marvel film. I like Black Widow. I that, as you said, is it already a unique selling point for me. I want to know more about her, and I feel like I did by the end of the film. It just made me sad that, that that's her swan song, presumably. Um, and I just yeah. felt actually, you are still a character I would I continue to watch. I remember something. I watched a review of somebody who was just like, Hawkeye should have died. Nobody cares about Hawkeye. <laughs> and <laughs> um, I kind of agree. Uh, I kind of agree. I, I do wish. Um, although there was a, a really good moment. I don't know whether you caught it out, but one of the uh, one of the, the widows um, fell um, and she fell in like this puddle. And the way that the angle of which she fell and was displayed on the ground was exactly like the way that Black Widow is when she dies in, um, uh, well, after a, a retrieving the soul stone. And that, that was really eerie, which was quite is that, nice. Is that the one in Budapest? I think it was. Yes, mm. I think it was. Mm. Um and that felt quite eerie and quite nice. I suppose you couldn't have got that if you hadn't seen Endgame. Um, so I suppose that added something to it. So there's me contradicting myself. <laughs> but well. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I didn't recognise that. And it's a very subtle nod. Yes, it um, always is, yeah. Cool. Great. So, great stuff. We've talked a lot then about most things. I want to talk very briefly, and we can might, we'll get more from this, is probably one of the worst aspects of the film in general and really i think affected me quite a lot is the cgi yeah you really didn't like that did you <laughs> to see honestly sorry i'm sorry i didn't take a moment here and have one of my classic rants um the cgi right, okay, right. so i'm just trying to just go off and get a cup of tea or something <laughs> right i'll be no, back in a bit <laughs> this the cgi in this movie was appalling it was overused massively way too far-fetched and it just robbed the film of of anything it could. I think the last like thirty it minutes. Robbed the film of anything good. That's a bold claim. Well, okay, most things, most uh, most things in this film were oversaturated with CGI. The red room, for example, when that blew up as a as a f- sad consequence of of you know 
the plan gone awry it was you could you could even see the cuts happening in CJ. i think there was one point i noticed when she was running down black widow was running down the corridor and there was a big pile of rubble that fell down front of camera and that was such an obvious cgi cut for an obviously completely cgi'd scene the cgi wasn't up to marvel standards and it was overused for everything it was it was so heavy. I mean, I'm an anti-CGI person. I don't believe that CGI is the way forward in movies, which is why I think, controversially, Avengers... No, Avatar, sorry. Avatar is one of the worst movies of the past 30 years and does not deserve... That was controversial to some people. Um, for a lot of people, it is, considering he keeps racing it and trying to get more and more money because, you know, he's got a one-trick pony. But hey-ho, James Cameron, if you're listening, I'm, I'm happy to talk about this. <laughs> yes, James. Yeah, if you are yes, listening by any chance, listening. by all means, do get in touch. <laughs> get in touch. Um, you can find our email at criticsinabust.gmail.com. But I just think the CGI was, was so unnecessary. You know, there's so much you could do, you know, pirate, you know, Scott Johansson is... It's very proud of, of her training and her work with her stunt double to make the things as realistic as possible. Yeah. And it just felt so much this movie was hidden behind a computer screen that I couldn't believe what they were doing. I, I, just, totally, I just couldn't totally get on board. The Red Room debacle, for example, just felt so over the top with bits blowing up and rubble flying over the place and, you know, how she didn't break bones basically dropping out of the sky yeah there were some very concerning falls there i'm like and, you, and you I, got I, get super that, I get that she's you know a superhero and you know an avenger and can you know the peak physical performance and you know train her to roll and land and jump safely but some of those moves they were making was obvious ludicrousy yes i think it was so ludicrous it took me out of the moment I think you've got a point. I really do. Um, I think that taking you out of the moment is, it reminds me a lot of The Hobbit um, when Legless does this gravity-defying walk (laughs) over collapsing stuff. Yeah, exactly that. It's the kind of... It's kind of the, the 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 CGI that doesn't mix well with the a, a real action, that, and there feels a, a there feels like a very di- a clear disconnect. Uh, I remember that watching there was a, a real clear moment where Scarlett Johansson's stunt double was obviously doing that stunt, like they they hadn't filmed around that very well at all, and um, and I do think that climax at the end um, it lacked what. My favourite film in the MCU is Winter Soldier. Um, I think that's a great film because it really, it really taps into the political themes. But, but the action is good because it you it it fit, there's a physicality, there's a rawness to it, like the motorway sequence, um, where the, each punch feels like like a physical blow whereas this felt much more like a tetris it's so much better when you have those rawer kind of one-to-one combat like the 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 initial fight between yolana and natasha they're much more gripping because it's like a dance that's what i quite like about them and my partner absolutely hates all the the dramatic action (laughs) and things like that but i i enjoy i enjoy it when it's well crafted uh and yeah there is such an over-reliance on cgi that that it did take me out i agree totally and it's one of the reasons i'm looking forward to the eternals 
so much more because I, re- I read that Kevin Feige was talking about the Eternals and how um, the director, forgive me her name, was Chloe. Chloe Zhao, yeah. Yeah, she is someone who's not a fan of CGI as well, wanted physical locations, physical practical effects as much as possible. And it opened Kevin Feige's eyes to, oh, this looks really good. It's also cheap and, you know, has a real, real, real visceral feel. Black Widow, you know, was ready to be released in 2020. So it was filmed a long time ago, 2018, probably 2019, it was filmed. And so this, this was, you know, old Marvel, but before they did... You know, because I, I, I feel like even One Division, you know, with they did a, they did like a live soundstage, like a audience yeah. for the first episodes, you know, in in the 50s, 60s sitcom style, the Vic, Dick Van Dyke era, and the, I feel like they they learned a lot of practical things, works, and the Eternals has also really helped reinforce that idea, and I feel like looking back, they're like we probably wasted our standalone Black Widow movie with way too much CGI ludicrous fights and escapes and, and overcomplicating it. I mean, I don't know about you, but I also felt the plot point of magic gas will oh, yeah. will help you not be mind controlled anymore and just explode it and poof. I'm free. Yeah. I'm free from the oppressive male guy who's, you know, ruining my life. Yes, that was that <laughs> felt was a bit like we've got this great idea. We don't know how to get out of it. Magic gas. Magic gas, that is the one. I suppose there's got to be an element of the ridiculous. You know, it is based on the comics. Yeah, I mean, I didn't find that particularly massively egregious. It it, it didn't really bother me a great deal because it kind of worked with a metaphor trying, like, trying to get kind of like break the ideas of Stockholm syndrome. I guess if you wanted to go 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 down that route. I, I'm getting the sense then that you were more negative than I was about this film. I, I think is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. I think I definitely feel like this ended up on the lower end of the MCU for me. The like the, the the very much the bottom half of the MCU, and it's not. And I it's just such a shame because I really wanted this to be a great spy espionage sort of movie, you know real really push the at that angle did they you know real almost bond like yeah you know she she's a master of disguise she can just blend into crowds and disappear and reappear and and you know kill people with her thumb sort of kind of kind <laughs> of like kind of ludicrous spiness you know and i felt that the film had a few stages it had the kind of early emotional setup the really really long reunion family reunion and then the the ludicrous sky planet red room falling down escape and i i just felt that in a way it was too big too big a crazy plot and i think had they grounded it a bit more you know made red room maybe if made red room something so common you know what do you mean had they made the red room not this like completely no way S.H.I.E.L.D. would not have seen this huge floating thing in the sky. Yeah, I did find that a bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> but may- maybe they made it that it doesn't, it moves locations because it's everywhere. Yeah. So there's, you know, you know, like the Doctor episode of Blink, right? At the end, they show you just statues. And as a kid, you're like, oh my gosh, every statue is an angel. 
right mm-hmm. maybe they did that and said make it something so common that's in like every city that the red room is everywhere which would probably get give it more weight so that kind of the kind of the kind of the, the trafficking angle which they yeah. were certainly they were likely they were likely toying with weren't they because i think there is a degree of what they can and cannot show um in an mcu film but yeah no i, I agree i i don't necessarily think it needs to be this sky base sort of like like you said i, I feel like shield would have picked that one up mm. um because but, it, it felt like it felt like they wanted to make sure that scarlett johnson was the one who brought down the red room mm-hmm. right so natasha romanoff got in there given that she had three minutes to change costumes and learn about um the red room from her adopted mother in the home uh and then go in take it down Bob's your uncle. Off you go. But if they made it that they went for the the Red Room HQ, the center hub, somewhere, and then it was she then charges the girls that she releases. It is your mandate now to go for your sisters. Mm. You know, go throughout the world and save them. That's you know, and right. and like given her that legacy of those girls freed to go out and to go and save themselves and empower them through her own actions. And then, then she dies, and then she's their martyr, and, you know. That's very Buffy, you know. Uh, I don't know, you've never watched, I've never really I've watched some of it. I've watched some you've of watched, it. You've watched, yeah. Um, that's very Buffy in in, in your little, little uh, kind of your idea of how that could have gone. Yeah, no, um, I, a, a very fair criticism along that lines that I'd spotted was that the the women feel very interchange uh, feel very interchangeable in the movie they, they, they don't feel distinct enough um, they're very much like stormtroopers aren't they just yeah you know, yeah. yeah absolutely and there's a degree of not going into that in enough detail really seeing the personable I- impact on uh, on a particular individuals um um and i, I do think like there's an entire there's a there's a story that there is a story in looking at how those how those women, um, uh, after they've escaped the Red Room, how they come to terms with Oh, that's a fascinating story uh, on kind of a repression, undisclosed trauma that they could they could pick out. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if if we do see some kind of return see, there. I, I would, though, because when they got freed in the fight scene um, by Florence Pugh, they was like, what do we do now? And then they just ran to a helicopter and ran away. Like... They they land after it's all gone down and like oh this is a woman injured we'll take her bye they they were given no substance at all other than just being the next widows yeah I I feel like you needed a bit more of a a connection with them in like, with with a few individuals I mean obviously it's a very busy cast already so it's very long could be going this is what you need to do um I don't think I could do it I I should hasten to add um. But um, I think you needed more of a connection with with those, and yeah, understanding their stories as well. I think would have been would have been nice. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's, hopefully, I haven't. If anyone's listening and thought my idea is better, hope, sorry if I've ruined it for you. Um, <laughs> oh, you might think my idea is terrible and that they did it a better job. That's totally okay too. I'm not offended. Um, um he, 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 dear, dear listener, he is offended. He's currently sobbing. You can't <laughs> see. I can. He's <laughs> sobbing. He's distraught on that idea. Yeah, it's, I, my, I'm hiding my tears through laughter. Before we give our our final thoughts on the movie and mm-hmm. uh, and disclose our scores, just want to talk briefly, if I may, about music, because I feel like I have to, because you know I always did. 
Mm-hmm. I can't say that the score specifically was memorable. I don't really... It wasn't powerful enough to make me notice a bar, bar that the opening credit scene, which was a change of pace for, for an MCU film. They've never done like an a classic opening credits like that. You know, they've gone, yes. they've gone just Marvel logo, boom, there you go. Um, so the, this like interesting... I don't want to say, again, Bond-style logo because it wasn't quite a Bond-style credits, but like a, a, an opening credits where they introduced the actors was a change of pace and that had good music. But the rest of it, there was so much going on a lot on screen that you didn't notice. Yeah, I, 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 um, it's uh, Lorne uh, Balfe um, who did his Dark Materials, the TV series, uh, and his kind of sound in that is very unique, very stark, really good. Whereas this one, it there were a lot of motifs that I didn't really spot. I didn't really. Yeah. There weren't many re- recurring motifs that that kind of I associated with characters. Um, Natasha's Lullaby is a very good track. Um, I'd recommend re- uh, listen to that. It's very much connected to her childhood. Um, but otherwise, it was very much more like big, bold, brassy, perhaps slightly indistinguishable, indistinguishable from other marvel marvel movies um other action uh films it, it's not certainly it's a soundtrack that i haven't really delved i haven't been inclined to listen to a few of the tracks but i haven't really been inclined to listen to all of it yeah it was a little bit lacking in that respect it lacks a lot of character such as like loki for example loki has that the the theme for loki is so that's what i associate now with loki you know from, yes. from the from the disney plus series and even like you know like the Disney Plus, for example, One Division, Agatha, all along, it was tr- like number one at one point, I think, in the Spotify <laughs> charts and all that kind of stuff. And so, like, they've got really distinct sounds. I just felt that Black Widow just got lost in the humdrum of everything going on that you could barely notice. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the score that really stuck stuck out to me. Like, if you think about the MCU, there are some scores that really do stand out. Um, you've got um the winter soldiers uh, uh uh ragnarok is so distinct it is so musically mm. different to any of the other um you've got the avengers themes that you know has now become like uh, so iconic absolutely um, i'd even say captain marvel um the the, the the kind of music from captain marvel was a, a little bit more um kind of uh distinct and you know a black panther as well the the, the sounds yeah. there are, are, are very distinct very clear it's got a very it's got a very clear musical identity whereas this didn't and it's not to say that it was bad because the very fact that like it didn't detract from the story because that's the issue when the music just yeah. detracts from the story it just wasn't very memorable and you know maybe maybe that's fine um uh, you know, you can't have every. every... There's already so much going on in this movie that <laughs> yeah, add it's crazy music to it. Well, great, thank you so much. So, um, let's give some final thoughts. What is Dan's summary of Black Widow? What is what are you thinking now in general? Your thoughts. My initial thought was that was good, that was fun. Let's move on. Not in a not not to be dismissive. I enjoyed it, and I think anybody who enjoys the MCU will enjoy it. Um. I think Scarlett Johansson gives a fantastic performance. I think Florence Pugh does. I think Rachel Weisz does. Uh, David Harbour does. I think the performances are great, um, and it's quite clear they worked. They worked really hard on that movie, and I 
would definitely you know i i definitely put it uh, on again as easy watching it's not a bad film by any um by any stretch of the imagination it's just not top tier mcu and it ha- didn't find the identity the distinctness that other mcu films have done very easily you think guardians of the galaxy you think um iron man you th- these are very distinct films they feel very very different to each other whereas this one fits within that mid-tier uh, marvel uh, marvel films that don't the stakes don't really change uh, things but nonetheless i enjoyed it that's where that's where i'm sitting fantastic fantastic great i i was ultimately disappointed with black widow i i do agree performances were outstanding um, i'm really excited to see florence Pugh, rachel vise and david harbour all back in the mcu clearly um they they set up florence Pugh as the villain potentially for the hawkeye series mm. which is coming out later this year on disney plus uh, we know that david harbour has to return he was really funny he is a, I feel quite a representative hero. You know, he let himself go, not you know, not jacked and not not got not got um a six pack that would shred cheese. He is very sure. much, um, he's a he's a superhero build that I can idolize with after being in a year of lockdown and learning how to bake. So I do appreciate that. And you know, he has that that boyish enthusiasm of a cosplayer when he's getting his suit on it still fits and i think i think their performances were, were great and i think i'm excited to see them back but i think that the film whilst giving us a deeper emotional connection connection to black widow doing some really good character introductions and backstories ultimately was overfilled overstuffed completely wasted taskmaster um it's one of the biggest villain wastes i think of every mcu film i might be the most wasted character in the mcu and i hope that she is given the chance like loki was to make something of her character i hope she's actually given a character to work with what taskmaster Um, yeah the taskmaster I, I think that's it. I, I honestly feel that I that's it with with that character. And that's yeah. a travesty. It's an amazing character with amazing skills and as a real threat, and it's been wasted. And I think one of the things is that irked me the most. And and generally there was just way too much CGI and ludicrous action for me. I know it's an as an Avengers movie, it's meant to be, or a Marvel movie, it's meant to be crazy, but no one bar the Red Guardian is super in that movie, and so. <laughs> The fact that not like sorry, it was too much. It was it was yeah. too distracting. Yes. Um, it I mean yes, it was a cookie cutter Marvel movie. It's what something you'd expect. You know, it was original Thor or Dark World kind of level for me, which I actually quite like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, hear that. <laughs> it, I think I think it belongs. You know. Um. Eight, eight years in the past when the movie should have come out yeah and so i think it's a bit of a wasted potential and it's sad that that's that's her closure i, I read an article from scarlet and um, when she was saying that you know this movie gave gave her closure from a character that mm. she probably can't play anymore because she died and there's no coming back from that hulk tried so i think that is her closure and i think it's a bit of a shame she yeah. was done. She was done dirty a little bit in this movie, and I'm, I'm, it makes me sad. 
Yeah, I, I, I watched End, Endgame recently, and she really carries a, a, a lot of that first half. She really, really does. And she gets some very interesting stuff, but you just wish that she got even more. And yeah. I think, yeah, totally, it's, it's chronologically, like not having it gone chronologically. Hey, at least we got it, like you yeah. said. At least well, we I think it's I think it's too little too late. Yeah. It's, um, that's a shame. I really wish they treated treated that character's arc a little bit clearer and a little bit more distinct. Yeah, maybe they just hadn't expected it to be so popular. I don't understand. I don't understand um, why though. Who knows? Who knows? All right then. So it comes now to the all important moment of the scores. What we think of the movie in general. So what do you score, Black Widow? Out of again, remind me. Ten. Out of ten, you seem to saw what you said. Like, yeah. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a, it's a seven. I agree with IGN. Oh, do you want me to? But you want me to expand on that? No. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> That's it. Um, my opinion. I'm done. Um, no. Uh, I, yeah, for everything that I've said, um, I think MCU, even the standard MCU film, is inherently more enjoyable than a lot of the things that are put out. Um, I, the performances and some of the themes I found really interesting, and I can't get those opening credits out of my head. I just can't. They, they really stuck with me. Um, so yeah, you know, and okay, maybe like there's a bit of like, yay, I'm finally back in the cinema, cinema feelings towards it. But yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Cool, cool. Unfortunately, if this is not my first movie back in cinema. This is my fifth movie since the cinema's opened. Oh, it's not my first either. But okay. I'm still like. <laughs> I I'm going to give it I'm going to give it my gut instincts has always just been six yeah that, that feels uh, yeah my, fair just six like six that's it no point nothing just six um just six. Oh, I, I want to actually I want to drop it to 5.9 5.9 oh for heaven's sake just keep it as a six <laughs> <laughs> okay Dan says six so it'll be six yeah I, I just got to give it six it just too much of a wasted opportunity and now that i thought of a better version of the story it's never gonna let, let me go so <laughs> i'll give it a six there and yeah if we did an updated marvel rankings it would be pretty low in my opinion yeah um, right, I, I, bomb, uh, kevin Feige, if you're listening uh cameron thinks he knows how to write an, a marvel film uh better than your current uh, writers so you know just get on that there yeah. um be great to see um how much screenwriting experience if you had cameron um plenty as um uh as you can see from many movies that have recently won oscars yeah naturally yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. yes no i think like, i'm credited with every best picture in the past 10 years so you know yeah this is true this is true <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on today not um, a problem i do believe we are seeing suicide squad in a few weeks i'd love to have you back on to discuss that yes i'm very keen the suicide james gunn's the suicide squad so if you'd love to come back on we'd love to have you on the podcast way more as well you've been fantastic today so thank you so much that's all right i'd I'd curtsy but you can't say (laughs) so that's it for black widow it's still currently out um in the cinemas so if you are keeping safe uh go to the cinemas um you can wear a mask and be social distanced that's totally fine um or Disney Plus. Yeah. Disney Plus. Premier Access. I do believe it's coming off Premier Access in 6th of October. You'll be able to watch on Disney Plus without paying the £20. So you can either go to cinema or wait till October 6th to see it then. So there you go. Again, Dan, thank you so much for coming. It's been wonderful 
to record this episode with you and look forward to hopefully many more thank um, you very much i look forward to it too yes and that's all for today and uh we'll see you next time bye thank you so much for listening to this latest episode of critics on a bus don't forget to follow us on facebook and instagram for updates on more episodes and we'll see you in the next one